right. All right. Y'all get your outlines and uh, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And uh, we are going to continue on uh, with... Uh, with this end times series, end times events kind of deal. Um, if you hadn't had a chance to listen to the first ones, they're on, they're on, uh, they're on YouTube, and uh, you can go back and listen to them. Um, to we did last week, we did the rapture, uh, the first phase of the second coming, and then this week we're we're going to do what's immediately going to happen after the rapture for the for the church age Christian, the judgment seat of Christ. And uh, so we're going to look at that, and we're going to look at some. We're going to look at that kind of practical this morning. What that means? What's that? What does that? What does that mean for us? What is that going to look like uh, for you and me in this age? And why is the judgment seat so important? We we say it all the time around here. We we're all the time overemphasizing uh, the judgment seat, and I, I think part of the reason is is because it was such an underemphasized thing for so long, and. Um, you know, um, we we paint God out to be, and I, I want to say this, and I want you to let this resonate with you. We paint out, we paint God out to be a socialist when He's actually not. God is not a socialist. Uh, God is not handing out. God is not handing out the same thing to everybody in eternity. Now, I hope that makes you really uncomfortable because that's, that's what the intention is with the Lord. Uh, the, Lord is, the Lord's intention behind the judgment seat is that, that it does make us uncomfortable. It's actually, it, Paul calls it the terror of the Lord. We'll see that here in just a little bit. But he actually calls the judgment seat the terror of the Lord. And, and so you, you say, well, I, I thought that's what condemnation was. No, no, that, that's... That is what a servant will be judged on based on his stewardship. And so I want us, I want us to read these verses, and then we're going we're gonna to look at some things this morning, and, and we're going to try to get through this thing as, as fast as we can. But uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and verse number 10, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. Let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he buildeth, uh, which he hath uh, abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for today. Uh, thank you for your goodness, and thank you for all that you've done in, uh, in our church family's life, specifically uh, Brother Dylan and Miss. Miss Tori and God, what you're doing their family. And Lord, we just want to thank you. Thank you for how great you've taken care of them and you've provided along the way. And Lord, you've just orchestrated things. And uh, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for being good and gracious. And uh, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, so this morning first, uh, we're, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, I, I want you to look at the justice. I want you to look at the justice, and I want you to see this. You will be judged by Jesus. You will be judged by Jesus. Okay? Uh, how, how do you know that? Well, it is going to be Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. Okay? At the judgment seat of Christ. Now, sometimes uh, we as Christians think because Jesus Christ died for our sins, that there is no other judgment. But, but Hebrews says it like this, that it's appointed unto man once to die, and then after this, the judgment. Uh, Romans 14 says it like this, that, that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says it like this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So make no mistake about it. Although Jesus Christ has indeed died for our sins and paid the penalty for our sins, if we have received Him as our Savior, 
there is still a judgment to be faced. There is still a judgment to be faced. Now, the judgment seat of Christ is for Christians only. Okay, I put a little uh, a little deal in there, and, and I'm not usually doing that kind of stuff, but the last couple of times I, I thought maybe some visual aspects might help. Uh, but the judgment seat of Christ is for the Christian only. It's a, it's a completely separate, it's a completely uh, different judgment from the judgment of the lost and, and the unsaved and all of them that will stand before, uh, in Revelation chapter 20, the great white throne judgment, and we'll, we'll get there eventually. Uh, but Christians from the church age will actually stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And, and, and Christians will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. And, and again, Jesus Christ will be the judge. Jesus Christ will be the judge. So make sure you understand that. Make sure that you understand that Jesus Christ is going to be the judge. Now, here is, uh, here is where some people get bent out of shape um, it, it, with this whole idea of judging because they think that someone else is judging them. Okay, But Paul has a little bit different spin on it. I want you to see the spin that Paul puts on it. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 1. He said, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and the stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, here it is, I want you to look. It is a very small thing that I should be judged of you. Or of a man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. So he says, let, let, let this, so let, let a man so account of us. Here, here it is, you ready? Let, uh, let a man look at my life and account of my life. And here's... Here's where a lot of people are today. People today, they're at the spot to where uh, even Christians, they don't want this idea of any human accountability. They don't want the idea of somebody else holding them accountable. And, and, and they use phrases like, well, what gives you the right to do that? Or mind your own business. Or don't, don't you know what the Bible says? Judge not. Now, they don't know anything else. Uh, they don't know how to quote anything else in, in Matthew chapter number 7. But they do have those two words down. If you're lucky, they'll get to judge not lest you be judged. But Paul says, let a man so account of us. It's, it's crazy because people, people in, in, uh, uh, in our world that, that would hold discipleship at a, a, very, at a, at a premium, uh, man, th this idea that we're dealing with, it, it can make disciple makers feel really intimidated. It can make them feel threatened. Man, I, I, know, I know plenty of people that, let, that have left church over accountability. Nothing else. They wasn't mad. They wasn't mad about anything else. The doctrine, wasn't nothing wrong with the doctrine. When it wasn't nobody wrongly dividing, wasn't nobody doing anything underhanded, wasn't nobody sleeping with, with, with nobody else's spouse. The money wasn't going crazy places. Well, what would cause a person? Well, a lot, you know, sometimes accountability brings a certain level of condemnation to it. Well, you're not going to make me feel condemned. Well, here's what Paul says. It is a very small thing for me to be judged. And, and, and here's, why, here's why I want to emphasize that. A lot of times we're worried about a man judging us. I want you to make sure, I want you to listen. This is the dressing room for the judgment seat of Jesus. And this is what Paul's saying. I, I'm not so much worried about, what you, about you judge me. Why? Because one day Jesus is going to judge me. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse number 5, Therefore judge nothing before time unto the Lord come, who both, uh, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. And then shall every man, you ready, have praise of God. So, so Paul is making, making a mad dash towards this thing. Make sure you understand this. That one day God's going to bring it all light. He's going to make manifest the counsels of the heart. Then shall every man have praise of God. 
man may see some of your actions and hear some of your words and, and sense some of your attitudes about certain things, but make sure you get this. Jesus Christ is going to bring all of our stuff to light. Jesus Christ is going to make manifest all the secrets in our heart. And Paul's saying this is a very small thing for me to be judged by man when I know that Jesus can look deep in the inside and he's going to make manifest all of that one day. Wow. So what happens? Paul invites accountability. He, he invites accountability into his life. Why? Because it, the, the accountability that he gets today is, is going to be in no comparison to what he's going to be held accountable for in that day. And so I, I would say this just to follow up with that. You'd be way better off not fighting the accountability factor in this day to get ready for that day. You'd be way better off than, than, than getting blown up like a blowfish because somebody's wondering what's going on in your life. Because somebody's actually, well, I can't believe you told them that, or I, I can't believe that I can't believe that. It, that, that my husband would go do this, and I can't believe my wife would go do this. And, and man, I, I hear it all the time. But I want you to understand. The case for the understanding of accountability in this day is a direct reflection of what will be manifest on that day, and it doesn't go to surface level like this day does. It's going to go all the way. It's going to go all the way to the heart. It's going to go all the way to the heart. And the counsels, the counsels of the heart, man, they are going to be made manifest. <clears throat> I want you to look at the case for the judgment seat. Look, look at the case for the judgment seat. You will, give a, you will give an account. You will give account of your works. You're going to give an account of your works. It's crucial to understand that the subject of the judgment seat is not your sin, but your works. The judgment seat is not about your sin. Everyone that will be, everyone that will be at the judgment seat has had a foundation of faith in Jesus Christ. That is what, ha that is what has been laid. <clears throat> but rather, it's an eternal status. It's reward or loss. And I'm going to, if you'll stay with me to the end, I'm going to prove this reward or loss thing in the end. And, and I, hope that, I hope that you can get a little more clarifying, uh, a little more clarity on, on the whole judgment seat here. Uh, the, those uh, who present poorly at the judgment seat, you know what, they still go to heaven. And, and that may be all you're looking forward to, but I, I hope that you'll be convinced of otherwise as we go through this. They'll still go to heaven. Why? Because verse 15 says, but he shall be saved yet so as by fire. He'll be saved. It'll just be, uh, it, it, it'll just be the whole wood, hay, and stubble burned up before him. But yet so as by fire. Now, now make sure the judgment seat is not a place where you feel, fear the penalty of sin. You, you, if, you, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about that. You, if you have truly been born again and, you, and you, you are okay with standing before Jesus Christ and looking him eyeball to eyeball and saying, yeah, Lord, I'm, I'm ready to look at you. Why? Because I know I've been born again. I know I've placed my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ. And I know that, 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 my, that your death paid my sin penalty. Hallelujah, you're, you're there. You're, you're going to be there, right? So this is, make sure you get this. Is not, this is not about a penalty for your sin. And what happens is a lot of people uh, misrepresent what the judgment seat of Christ is in Christianity as a whole, and they, they think that the judgment seat is the place that you're going to go and you're going to stack up your good works against your bad works, and if your good outweigh your bad works and that then you're going to go to heaven how many of you ever seen the the um how many of you ever watched tom and jerry yeah anybody ever seen tom tom go to heaven at the judgment anybody ever, nobody ever seen that road escalator man if y'all ain't ever seen tom ride the escalator y'all are in y'all are in bad shape 
Tom rides the escalator all the way, uh, all the way up into heaven, and there he goes through his judgment. And he was he was mean, uh, extremely mean, and wanted to kill Jerry. And so, uh, because of his outlandish sin against Jerry, uh, he's cast into hell. Where uh, what is, is it? Butch is that the bulldog's name? But where Butch is in hell with a pitchfork, and he's uh, steadily. Uh, steadily jabbing Tom with a pitchfork and dumping him into some big pot of something that looks like fire. I, I'm not really sure what it is. Anyway, uh, that's what most Christians think about the judgment seat. Most people think it's going to be tally marks. Good, 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 good. Well, there's bad, 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 bad. Well, look at that. I got more tally marks on this side than I got on that, that side. So I must, I must be, but, but biblically, that is so erroneous. It, 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 there, there is nothing about that even close to Scripture. You've been taught that, you need to erase that out of your mind. You need to understand that Jesus Christ will save your soul, and you don't have to worry about tally marks anymore. Listen, it's, it's not about how good you are or how bad you are. Jesus Christ is good enough to save the real good moral person and the real wicked moral person. God, Jesus Christ can do that, and he can seal you unto the day of redemption, and you don't have to worry about that anymore. Well, why, Ephesians 2 makes it real clear that you're not saved by works of righteousness, which you have done. You cannot be saved by works. You're saved unto works, but you're not saved by your works. Amen? So, so you're going to get, not only, now I want you to look, you're going to give an account of what you did. You're going to give an account of what you did. You're going to give, you, you'll give an account of your works, uh, but you're going to give an account of what you did. Uh, so if you're a Christian, you're going, to, you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and all your works are going to be called into question. You're going to be called into account. Uh, how, how do you know that? Every man's work should be made manifest. The fire is going to try man's work. Verse, uh, verse 14, if any man's work abide... Verse 15, if any man's work be burned, right? So, so what, what's going to be called into account? Our what? Our works. We're going to, what we did. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 9 says, Wherefore we labor, wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, According to that, he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, uh, there, there is, uh, there, there, there is uh, this understanding here um, that, it, like, like three words in, that this idea of work is going to be considered work, labor. It's going to be considered labor. And what does that mean? It means servants, they're not just to sit back and enjoy. I got saved, now I'm going to sit back and enjoy. Most modern, modern age churches you go to, all of the people that, that labor and serve in most churches are paid. Most of them are paid. Why are most of them paid? Because they're the only ones that they can get to do anything. And the only reason they do it is because they're getting a check. Why? Because their idea is, is we've been saved. We come here to sit back and enjoy and you feed me and you, you make me feel good about things and, and you, you put me in a nice building and I'm going to, but here it is, I'm going to write my check to pay you to do those things. Amen? That's the way it works in most places. And, and I understand, you're, you're thinking, man, um, well, that, that sounds like a pretty, it sounds like a layout of seeing plans, what it sounds like. It sounds like a plan for people that are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like people that want to give over a checkbook, but they don't want to give themselves over. And so what Paul says, here it is, things 
that are done in the body. God has given you a body and, 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 and then God wants to know what you've done with that body at the judgment seat of Christ. So the text, it, it describes there's, uh, there's three different things, uh, or excuse me, six different th things, three uh, things that are considered profitable and th three things that are considered unprofitable. Um, the first three are gold, silver, and precious stone. And then the next three unprofitable things uh, that will be tried are, are wood, hay, and stubble. Wood, hay, and stubble. Now, now the gold and the silver and the precious stones, uh, they will abide through the fire. They're going to make it through this fire. Okay. We would consider them to be eternal things. They would be considered to be eternal things. Now, the wood, hay, and the stubble, they are what we would, on the, the complete opposite end of the spectrum, what we would call what? Worldly things, vain things, temporal things, right? Does that make sense? Things uh, that, that are going to burn up, that are, that are, that are useless in the sight of God. They're, they're, just, they're not sin. Okay, make sure you get this. They're not sin. Wood, hay, and stubble are not sin. They could be sin, but they're, they're, they're not classified as sin. Sin's already been dealt with. Everybody remember that? Ephesians 2, 8, 9. <laughs> we, we, already, we already dealt with sin, right? We got a foundation. The sin has been paid for. You're there because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross and Him laying in a tomb for three days and resurrecting on the third day. You're there because you placed your faith and trust in Jesus. Okay? But the temporal things, the wood, hay, and silver, they're not necessarily sinful things. You know what? They're, they're not for sure, though. What was that first thing? They're not eternal things. They're not things. That's why, that's why Colossians says, Seek the things which are above. Set your affections on things which are above. Right? All right, all right so, so, so hear, hear, me, hear me out here. Wood, hay, and stubble are going to be burned because they're not eternal. Now, what is what 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 is uh, what is this gold and this silver and this precious stone? Well, you may already have an idea of what they are, but let me let me help you out. Um, and and I put some stuff there in your outline, but let me let me help you out. Uh, gold represents the worship of God, the worship of God. Some people would say that the gold represents the deity of God, and and I would say that there's. That those are absolutely true. That's absolutely true too, and you, you'll you can see that throughout the Bible. But gold is uh, the material of the places of worship, the most holy place, the tabernacle, Exodus chapter number twenty-five, and the temple in First Chronicles twenty-eight, Second Chronicles chapter number one. You can go back, especially in, in Exodus chapter twenty-five, when when <clears throat> when Moses was was instructed. To construct the tabernacle, you remember God. God is God is overlaying everything in gold. Like this thing is is an amazing sight to see. Even though it is a tent, even though it is a movable tent, it is it is it is overlaid in gold. And and, and what it is is this is the picture that you've got to get. They are giving up. The children of Israel are giving up their worldly possession, possessions, their most valuable possession of gold. They are giving that up to construct a place that they can go worship. Now, now, now here, here's the picture. God is, God is in this place, the, the holies of holies. Okay? They know that. They know that God has given Moses this revelation, and this is what they want Moses to do. But you got, they are to give something to be able to have this place constructed for them to participate in worship. God represents our worship. The streets 
of the holy city, the new Jerusalem, they're paved in gold. They're paved in gold. Now, gold was used as well in, in false worship. But it was nonetheless worship. And so gold represents the worship. And, and, and make sure you get this. I'm not talking about singing on a stage. I'm not, although it could contain singing on a stage, I'm not, I'm not talking about, about bowing your head before. I, I'm not talking about just, just humdrumming around. I, I'm talking about a real live expressive worship in your life to the Lord. Surrendering to the Lord. Sacrificing for the Lord. Exalting the Lord as, as king over your life. When you do that, guess what? You lay up gold in heaven. You lay up gold in heaven. You, you, and and it, make, sure, make sure we understand. The opposite is true when we worship ourselves. There's a good chance it's a wood hager stubble. When we, when we have put ourselves on the forefront and God is no longer the one that we're worshiping, there's a good chance, uh, there's a good chance that, that it's wood, hay, and stubble. Number two, I mean, I could, I could preach three weeks on this, but no, number two, si silver. I want you to look at silver. Silver, um, <clears throat> we believe, represents the Word of God. Silver represents the Word of God. Uh, Psalm 12 and verse number 6, The words of the Lord are pure words as silver, tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. <clears throat> now, I, I, not, not just now that there's probably some, some people that would disagree with this idea of silver, uh, but I, I, you know, here, here's, here's what I will say. Um, there's three, uh, there's three eternal things that we have on this earth right now. We have Jesus Christ, we have the Word of God, and we have the souls of men. Right? Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and the souls of men. And there's probably a real good correlation between the gold, silver, and precious stone with Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and the souls of men. So, so, so take that, uh, take that for, for what you will. Um, so, so God is going to make manifest the counsel of the heart and, and He's going to do it through God's Word. He's going to do it through the authority of God's Word and what He's already given them. Does everybody understand that? God is going to reveal man's heart and the counsel of man's heart through the lens of the Word of God. And I am going, I am going to give an account of how I stewarded the Word of God in the counsels, in the counsels of my own heart. They're going to become manifest through the lens of the Word of God. Now, now here, here's, here's, here's what I'll say. It's not a thing, uh, do, 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 you, do you just believe the Bible? Most people believe the Bible's true. It's not a thing, uh, do, do, you, do you bring it to church? Some people bring it to church nowadays. It's not a thing. Uh, do, 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 you know, do you go to church? And you know, did your church believe? No, no, here, here it is. God wants to know, do, do, you, do you believe it wholly? Do you read it faithfully? Do you study it, do you study it uh, uh, just passionately? Do, do you humbly love the Word of God? We don't have time. We don't have time to go through these. Uh, I put the seven mysteries. Uh, you, you can, you, you can uh, throw up that next one, bro. Keep going. Sorry. You can roll to the mysteries if you want to. 
So Paul says uh, there's seven New Testament mysteries. I put them in your Bible. God, God is plain that, that, uh, that we're stewards of the mysteries of God. Now I want you to, I want you, I want you to track with me. Uh, you're stewards of the mystery of the incarnate Christ. You're a steward of... <coughs> Just go ahead and roll them all out, bro. You're a steward of the mystery of the indwelling Christ of our unity with Christ, of the rapture of the church, the return of Israel, the spirit of the Antichrist, the religion of the Antichrist. These are, these are seven New Testament mysteries that we find. Okay, you ready? You are to, me and you are to steward those. Okay. It could just be that part of our given account and what we read, I mean what we get in silver, will be what we did with these seven New Testament mysteries. They're specific. God has divinely inspired His Word. He's perfectly preserved His Word. And then He give it to me and you. And at the judgment seat of Christ, He's going to hold us accountable for our works. And He's going to use the very Word. He, look, He give us the manual that He's going to hold us accountable with. Like it's a, you ready? It's an open book test. Like, like here, here's the book. If you read it, this is going to tell you everything you need to know to get ready for the judgment seat. And then when you get there, that this is what I'm going to use, the thing that I gave you, just so there's no qualms and there's no disagreements, I'm going to let you see the book that I gave you. Man. That's a little freaky if you're just right honest. Let me give you the third one, precious stone. Precious stones represent the souls of men. Precious stones represent the souls of men. 1 Peter chapter 2. To whom coming as unto a um, to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men but chosen of God and precious ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Acceptable God by Jesus Christ. So, so here we are. Uh, precious stones are the souls of men. And what we have to, what we have to ask ourselves, there's, there's two, uh, two sides to this coin. One is, what is our life like in evangelism? What do we do with our, 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 what is our evangelistic strategy, I guess you would say? What do you do with what you know about, about Jesus Christ and Him saving the souls of men? And then number two, what, what do you do about discipleship? This idea of handing off the thing that you have in you. So there's two sides of this thing. And, and I'm a firm believer... I'm a firm believer that as long as discipleship is a thing that is foregone, evangelism will never be a thing. Why? Because I have become way more convicted about what I know about lost people and what is coming their way as a man who has understood and, and been through discipleship Way more than I did before that. You see, you could almost ask it like this: when you get when you, when you get to when you get to heaven, who's going to be there, standing at the judgment seat, strong because you strengthened them? Who, who's going to be there because of that? Whose eternal status, who, who's, who had an eternal impact on somebody else in this room that you're, you're proud of? Well, I'm asking, yeah, I can't, wait for, I can't wait for him to get there. Man, I, I, I make, 
precious are the souls of these saints. So those are the three things uh, that we're going to get or we're going to lose. Number uh, next one, an account of how you did it. An account of how you did it. Look, the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So, so, so um, much worship, uh, m- much of the preaching, much of the, uh, it, it's not about what you do, but it's how you do it. And how many of you understand you can do something right and do it in a wrong way? You can sing and even be on a, 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 a group, be in a group of people that are singing and that are worshiping, but yet have no true worship. Right? We've seen, we've seen that happen time and time again. You, you can be active in the discipleship ministry, but not be diligent, right? Not be diligent in the fact that you are, number one, preparing yourself. For the person that you're investing in. And, and, and then you not be serious about the person that you're investing in. You can, you can disciple others. You can teach others. You can teach anything, right? Anybody, man, you can learn enough to teach anybody anything. But that idea of sacrificing, of sacrificing to have the hard conversations that a parent has to have with their kids, well, I'm not doing that. You see, it's how you do it. You can be involved in ministry. And not forgive people. You can be involved in ministry and and, and, and just fail to rebuke sin. You can be involved in ministry and not prepared to be involved in that ministry. You see, God isn't interested in just what we do, but, but how we do it, how we serve Him. If we're going to serve Him wholeheartedly, if we're going to serve Him diligently, if we're going to serve Him faithfully, if we're going to serve Him with all of our heart, in, in that case, we will lay up eternal treasures in heaven. So then you're going to give an account why you did it. So we understand this, too. You can do the right thing, wrong motives. When Jesus tries the work, he's going to try. He's going to, he's going to try and expose the motive. He says, there, uh, therefore, judge nothing before time of the Lord come, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest counsels of the heart. There are going to be a lot of people, there are going to be a lot of people that will receive praise from God, that, that, that think they're going to receive praise from God, but they're actually not. Why? Why would they do that? Because good deeds don't get praise from God. Doing good things don't get praise from God. Let me say that one more time. Make sure we all understand. Doing good things don't get praise from God. Everybody said, Amen. Why? Because there's a lot of lost people that do good things. Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees and he's like, you're doing all these good deeds and you're praying and you're fasting and you're doing it all to be seen of men, right? Anybody remember the first time you you really see worship in the Bible? you remember it, say it loud and proud, Abraham and Isaac. First time you ever see worship, real worship in the Bible is with Abraham and Isaac. It's Isaac offering up his only son, Isaac, 
And so God uses Genesis 22 to define what worship is. And I want you to make sure one big principle that we often overlook, that 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 worship was not pleasing to Abraham. Nothing about giving up his only son was pleasing to Abraham. But he didn't do it to please Abraham. He did it to please the Lord. He did it because that's what the Lord asked. And make sure you get this. Sometimes worship is exactly the opposite of what you feel like it should be. Sometimes worship is saying yes to stuff that you know is going to be really painful. Sometimes saying yes to worship and yes to being put in a position to where your feelings are going to be hurt and you are not going to get what you you have. Maybe you've even served the Lord with your whole heart. I, I, I mean, I couldn't help but think, as, as Miss Tory is sitting in that hospital and Dylan, he's oblivious at this point. He don't even know he's in the world. But I couldn't help but think. I, I wondered how many times as I, I, I worked and I, and I thought in my mind, how many times has she thought, Lord, why? And, and, and at the same time, offering the sacrifice of praise. Why? Because at that moment it was indeed a sacrifice to offer praise because there wasn't anything good to praise the Lord for at the moment. There was nothing good for Abraham to praise the Lord for in Genesis chapter 22. He was going to have to... If you serve the Lord for what you can get out of it, Man, probably a real good chance it's going to be stubble. You got to have it and you got to resolve in your heart that I'm not serving the Lord for anybody else. I'm, I'm not here for the compliments. I'm not here for the thanks. I'm not here for the influence. I'm not here for the reputation. Well, what are you here for? I'm here to please the Lord. I'm here to please the Lord. So you've got to ask yourself in the middle of in the middle of you teaching, in the middle of you preaching God's word, in the middle of you giving and discipling and giving of yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? So let me give you the next one. Dude, we gotta hurry. We got way too much to do. The verdict. The verdict. You will receive reward or you will suffer loss. You will receive reward. If any man's work abide, he shall receive a reward. Okay? So, God is going to give us a reward if our work abides. Now, now make sure you get there. there is several, uh, there, there's, there's a couple of different, uh, several different kinds of rewards that's going to be given out. One, is going to be crowns. There's going to be crowns given out. Now I listed five crowns. Some say there's more than that. And there very well may be, but I'm, I'm not willing to argue about it. Uh, so there's five of them. If you can find more, you can find less. And you, Some people say there's a couple of these the same. And that's fine. I don't care. But let's just say there's five. There's five crowns found in the Bible. And you can, you can get all five of those crowns. And praise the Lord, when you get all five of those crowns, you will have something to give back to Jesus in Revelation chapter number 4. Okay? You get all five of those crowns, you got something to give back to Jesus. All right? Next is uh, the, verbal com- uh, the verbal commendation. If you truly love the Lord, then you should want the Lord's approval, right? Shouldn't you want the Lord's approval if you truly love the Lord? <clears throat> First Corinthians 4 and verse 5, the very last part, Then shall every man have praise of God. It's, it's a man that, that is receiving praise of his master. Now, 
this is, this is the part that we need to make sure that we understand clearly. The parable of the pounds. When the, when the Lord returned in, in Luke chapter number 19, He returned to evaluate His servants. He returned to evaluate His servants. And, and you remember how, how it went? He, he, gave, uh, he, gave, uh, he gave one guy a pound, and that guy went and hid the pound, just kept it, didn't do anything with it. And he brought the pound back and he said, Here, Lord, there's the pound. I didn't lose it, but I didn't do anything with it. Another one, he had five pounds and he goes and he multiplies his five pounds and he comes back and he has five more pounds. <clears throat> and he hears, Well, thou good servant. Because thou hast been faithful in very little, have thou authority over ten cities. So, so, so the Lord is giving out authority based on stewardship. Okay, everybody, everybody track with me so far. Both authority over cities... Both authority over cities and, and crowns leads us to, to what I believe is the next reward. According to Romans chapter 8 and 2 Timothy chapter number 2, there are going to be those that will rule and reign with Jesus. They will rule and reign with Jesus and the crowns simply imply, simply imply not just something that they have on, not just some kind of fashion statement, but the reigning as royalty. The parable of the pounds makes it make sense that, that those who produce ten pounds is given authority over ten cities and those who produce five pounds is given authority over five cities. Well, I don't care about authority. Well, this is an opportunity to do something with the Lord in Christ's kingdom. You should care about that. Well, I don't want to I don't I don't really care none about working for that. Man, as as kind as I can say this, your apathy towards eternity and it's ruining your life right now. We, can't, we cannot sit back. It is extremely heartbreaking to the Lord that our apathy would cause us to look and, and smell the way we do and think the way we do and be the way we are about eternity. So let's talk about the loss. Let's talk about the loss. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall... Suffer loss. If your work is burned, you will suffer loss. That's what the Bible says. But make sure we're not talking about hell. We're not talking about going to hell. Why? Because the Bible, Bible's plain, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. If all you have is wood, and hay and stubble. You still get to go to heaven. But I want you to notice something real. How many of you we, how many of you know we believe words matter, right? You will according to the Bible lose some things. There will be some loss on your way. Well, I, I, well, somebody lied to me. I didn't know there would be any loss on the way to heaven. There's going to be loss on the way to heaven. Wood, hay, and stubble says there's going to be loss. That on the way, on our way to our eternal state, there's going to be loss. Man. Dude, that's super convicting. That's super convicting. 
The fire is going to destroy everything that we've invested our lives in that is wood, hay, and stubble. And it will be profound loss. Not only will it be profound loss, but, but can you imagine? Can you imagine with me? Man, you know, I, I so looked up to my granddad. To hear my granddad say good job, man, it put a big smile on a, on a little boy's heart. Man, to, to, know he was, to know he was proud of me. Man, I, I, it, his thing was shooting guns. And, 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 and listen, man, shoot guns on my granddad and, 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 and do good. And, and do good on his level of good. And, and to get a, man, that was a good shot right there. Man, that put a big smile on my face. And it. It's going to be a rough day when, when we don't hear, Well done, thou good servant. But we hear, Thou wicked servant. So, you really think all that's true? Here's what I think. I put this in your outline. What you realize at the judgment seat is that he can't trust you with anything. That's what you finally realize. You finally get to the judgment seat and you look in those, the Bible says if a man uh, lives 70 years, he lived a, he lived a full life. If, if, he, if he lives over that, he's, he's, been, given, he's been added extra days. And, and we're going to get there and we're going to see that that life that we live, this is what we're going to realize, that he can't trust us with anything. That we're so untrustworthy, that we were so untrustworthy in this life that he couldn't give us anything in the afterlife. Man, maybe that's why the Apostle Paul said, that's terrifying. It terrifies me to, to think that. Maybe that is what Paul was saying. When, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Amen. Brother Dan, you come play the piano if you would. I've got a couple of things that more things I'm going to make sure you understand and then we'll pray and we'll go stewardship is the issue here stewardship of your Christian life is the issue. Faithful servants, faithful stewards is the issue of the Lord. Nothing else, nothing more. Nothing else is going to be on trial but your stewardship. Okay. The church right now, the church right now is a spouse to Jesus Christ. Okay. How many of you ever heard the marriage supper of the Lamb? Anybody ever heard that? Okay. The church right now is a spouse to Jesus Christ waiting for our marriage. So this is spousals like an engagement. Waiting for our marriage to Jesus Christ. Now, Revelation chapter 19, it reveals to us that Jesus returns with his wife signifying that that marriage between the espoused occurred somewhere between the time of of the rapture and the return, the final return, the second phase of the return of Jesus Christ. 
So somewhere in that, is where that happened. Here's, here's, here's what I believe. <clears throat> His wife, the church, will be ready. Will be arrayed in fine, clean, white linen, which is, in, uh, which is righteousness, and the sanctifying and the cleansing was complete, was going to be completed at the judgment seat of Christ. And therefore, Revelation chapter 19 is, is a real good idea to suggest the sequence of events will be the rapture, the judgment seat of Christ, the marriage, and then the final second phase, the return of Jesus Christ with his wife. The primary purpose. Are you ready? Let me give you this one more, one more thing. You can write this down if you want to. The primary purpose of the judgment seat of Christ is to present us blameless and spotless for our groom at the marriage. Meaning during the time of our spousal, that the judgment seat is what's going to get us ready to be blameless and to be spotless at the marriage of our groom. That was a lot. Here's what I'm going to say. It ought to do something to you, man. You can wish it away. You can, you can, uh, <clears throat> you can, you can, you can say, you can say whatever you want to about the judgment seat. You can uh, look. There's different modes and methods about how people think and about how people do things and all this stuff. And look, that's fine. I'm not here. I'm not here to argue all that. Here's what I am here. Here's what I am here to say. Every Christian in the room that is in, every person in the room that's in Christ is going to go through the judgment seat of Christ. Every single one of us. And, and there ain't going to be nobody there to hold our hand either. That's scary. Amen? Like it's just going to be us and it's, and it's going to be His words. Man, I can't imagine. I, listen. Man, I can't imagine being a pastor and standing there and hearing, hearing the stuff I already know. Well, listen, hey, you, you remember when you preached that one time? This is what you said. through that fire and, and everything in you knows <clears throat> there's a good chance on the other side of that fire nothing's going to come out dude that's crazy man it'd be a good day if some of us just decided you know what want that thing to eat me alive I don't want to suffer loss look, look I, I, I want to make that right I want to I want to make my life count for Jesus Christ on that day you can do that today you can decide today I'm tired I'm tired of being skewed by all of my preconceived ideas about what that's going to look like I want to do what's right by Jesus today let's do this every head bowed I wonder how many of you say, man, I, I, I want you to pray for me. Um, if I die right now uh, in the shape that I'm in, if I die right now, I'm, I'm unsure about my own eternal destiny. I don't, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that, that I've even been born again. You say, I'd like for you just to pray for me. And I'm just going to do that. Just slide your hand up long enough for me to see it. I just want to pray for you. Just slide it long enough for me to see it. Now, slide it right back down. All right? All right? Man, maybe you're in here and you say, uh, dude, all of that judgment seat stuff, that, that is 
that is that is crazy and I want to be ready I want you to pray for me that I can do, that I do what I need to do to get ready for that day I want to do I want you to pray for me would you slide your hand up right there and say I just want you to pray for me yeah amen amen how many of you say man I've never never actually seen the judgment seat exactly like I've seen it today God, God dealt with me on some things today in my own life and I've never actually seen it like that like I've seen it today w would you be honest you just say I've seen something for the first time I, I, I've never seen before just slide your hand up right there amen 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 I'm going to pray for you brother Daniel uh, man uh, we'll, we'll let him sing a verse maybe maybe you'd like to find your place this altar you say man I, I just need I just, if I need to do on my own the Lord some stuff I, I need to come and maybe bow your own self before the Lord this morning. I'm going to pray before Brother Daniel sings. I'm going to let him sing a verse. May you raise your hand, maybe you didn't. Whatever the case may be. Would you do what you need to do with the Lord this morning? Father, <clears throat> Lord, thank you for being good. Thank you for being faithful. God, many hands all over this room went up. And I just want to say thank you for being being very attentive to our to our uh, our hearts this morning to work and be diligent to convict us, Lord. Lord, bless this time as we gather before you. Lord, I pray that you use it in Jesus' name.
given us a book, God. Lord, that if we study it, God, you've given us a look into the, to the future. You've let us see, Lord, that there are things that I'm gonna that I'm gonna give an account for. Lord, every every idle word I'm gonna give an account for. God, every time I I should have witnessed and every time I should have taken your word and, and done way more with it. God, every time I did something Lord, and, and I, didn't, I didn't do it in the spirit. I didn't do it for Jesus Christ. I didn't do it with Jesus Christ in my heart being the, the goal. The, the one thing I was after. Lord, the one thing to be pleased. The one thing to be praised. Lord, wood, hay, and stubble, and I know it, Lord. God, we, may we get serious. Lord, tonight, man, what, Lord, tonight, God, it, it may tonight be a good place to start for us to get serious. Lord, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna do this thing tonight, and we're going to get serious. We're, we're going we're gonna to get people in here, and we're going to have fun. But God, is it going to fall out of the Word of God, the souls of men in Jesus Christ? Lord, is it going to fall out to, to gold, silver, and precious stone tonight? Lord, could this, could this crowd's heart be tonight, Lord, as we, Lord, we're going to give out candy, and we're going to have a great time, and we're going to see kids come, and we're going to be able to minister to people. God, may the, may the door, may we pray the open door be, God, wood, uh, gold, silver, and precious stone tonight. Lord, no way to and stumble tonight. Lord, I want to have fun, and we're going to have fun, but Lord, gold, silver, and precious stone tonight for the glory of God. Lord, use us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, now,